the two of us held hands and walked, slid down the pit of financial ruin together. It was devastating. It was embarrassing. We felt ashamed and we had to decide what we valued. I can't believe we did that and made it through. Welcome to The Lisa Show, where we take a good look at life. Hey, it's Lisa. And today in our series on starting over, we're talking about a story which was surprisingly difficult to find, even though it happens all the time. The topic today is starting over after financial loss. And I'm sure you know somebody who's gone through something like this, a devastating personal crisis, crushing debt, or just being affected by any one of the economic crises from the past few years. I know I have. This is really common, and most of us can relate on some level, which is why I thought it was fascinating. Well, at first it was fascinating, and then it started to feel kind of eerie that as we began researching stories and experiences of financial loss, that we found so little out there. And if you want to try this yourself, you should. Just Google this and you'll see what I mean. There are a lot of people out there talking about money. You've got financial advisors, lots of articles. You've got plenty of ultra-wealthy influencers talking about it who say, you can be like them if you follow their hacks on Instagram, etc., etc. And while there is plenty of good financial advice on the internet, lots of resources, I couldn't help but notice that unlike other topics like love, parenting, going back to school, or even addiction, most people do not tell their own stories about this. Or if they do say, I lost everything, or I made a mistake, then it's only if the story ends in a windfall. Like the only socially acceptable story of financial loss is rags to riches, and everything else is taboo. That's just not very authentic especially given the sheer amount of people who go through this, which tells me that we're all still hesitant to talk about it, which means we need to talk about it. So even before we get started, I want to say thank you to everyone who responded to our post on Instagram, asking you if you'd be willing to share your story about starting over after financial loss. You are braver than the rest of the internet. And I'm grateful to you for reaching out and sharing your stories with us to help us put together this episode. That means a lot to me. And I think it says a lot about you. Our guest today, Carrie Ann, is one of those people who answered the call. She's a member of our listening community, and I'm excited for you to hear her story. Whether you've experienced financial struggle in your own life or not, there's some profound lessons about sacrifice, gratitude, and redefining your vision for your family in the story, as well as how to work together in a marriage when the odds are stacked against you. You're going to hear all about that in Carrie Ann's story. So here's a little bit about her and her family. My name is Carrie Ann, and we've been married for about 27 years. And we have seven children. Shortly after we married and my husband graduated, we moved to Florida, where we have been ever since. We thought it was going to be like a fun little ride. Like, we'll go spend a couple years in Florida. And every year, you know, I think after like 15, we're like, okay, I think we're going to stay here for a little while. Like, we probably won't be moving around. So we are here for 
forever, probably. I should probably just say it. We're Floridian. They're Floridians now, and living in Florida was one of the few things that weren't necessarily part of Carrie Ann's original plan. So my husband graduated in information systems, never used it once, Oh, um, realized that he did not want a job behind a computer, like at a desk. He was much more hands-on. So his uncle, right after graduation, offered him a job to do like surveys on houses. And we're like, sure, we'll go to Florida. That'll be fun. We'll start there. Did a workout after six months. After that, a friend was like, hey, if you ever need a job besides your uncle, come work for me. And my husband was like, well, actually, and that was in the window treatment business. So that is where my husband has been for the last, it'll be 24 years. And in the meantime, Carrie Ann is a passionate homemaker and homeschooler, something that is deeply important to her and which works for her family. My degree was marriage, family, and human development, which applies every day. I use it all the time. And I'm so grateful for that degree, taught me how to study, how to learn. So primarily I've been in the home for, you know, the last 25 years. But now I'm homeschooling two of our children. At one time, I was homeschooling four. Two have gone back to um, public school, and my two youngest boys are at home. So if we rewind just a moment in Carrie Ann's story, it's clear that huge financial obstacles were not easy to see on the horizon. She and her husband each have degrees. They had a plan for how to raise their family. And in the beginning, everything seemed fine. But like it does for so many people, debt was accumulating silently in the background. We slowly trickled into debt from the time we left school. We had a little bit of school debt at that time. Um, And we slowly just trickled in until we got to a point where it just felt like we were free falling. And then it felt like we were in this enormous pit. I don't like to think about the exact numbers. um, And it was hard. And although they didn't know it yet, it was about to get so much harder. With an overwhelming and growing debt and young children, Carrie Ann and her husband were eager to find some ways to break their fall. It was the early 2000s, and like so many people, including so many of you, our listeners, this family found what they hoped would be their ticket out in real estate. We had invested in a house, I think, at the time, and for us, just over 300000 which on what we were making at the time was a huge stretch, but the market was so great, and we thought, we'll make all this money on real estate. It's like free money. We'll just hold on to this house, and then we'll turn it over and make all this money, and it will be so great. Well, it didn't work out like that. Now, as you probably put together, this is when the market crashed. The family home, which was supposed to help them recover from debt, was suddenly a huge liability, and paying the mortgage was consuming all of the resources that the family had left. Carrie Ann and her husband faced a difficult choice. Since this was a recession, it really sounded like everyone else was struggling too. So it was tempting to just blame everything on the horrible timing of the economy and try to carry on as usual, ignoring their growing debt as best they could. Or they could confront the real numbers for the first time. And slowly, painfully, this is how they started over. At that time, we had three children already, and shortly thereafter, I became pregnant and had our fourth during that whole process. So I was probably in a pregnancy bubble, like, oh, we're in debt, you know, everybody's in debt. But my husband was like, we're going to make, we're going to see it. We're going to face what it is, where we are, what our circumstances are, 
and take a real honest look at where we are. And it was during that time that we, we saw the numbers in that I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. But he was like, that's, that's a lot of money. Like, how am I going to earn that? And it was hard. And as Carrie Ann and her husband were quickly learning, this was not a single conversation and certainly was not going to be a quick fix. The hardest thing for us, I think, and for me, was we didn't have anything to show for it. We didn't have, we didn't have any great, luxurious things. We didn't have, you know, crazy cars. We hadn't gone on spectacular vacations. So it's like, where did this money go? Like, what did we do? That wasn't any fun. Like, I could think of a lot more fun ways to spend $60,000 than just living a life, you know? So it was really hard. Like, it was very, very hard. To add to the complexity of trying to adjust a lifestyle that was already modest, Carrie Ann and her husband had to navigate the emotional side effects of being so honest with themselves. In their case, doing the right thing meant having to sit in the extreme discomfort of what society tells us about how to feel about this kind of situation, which I think is the same reason why the topic of money is somehow still so taboo, even though everyone has felt that pain at one time or another. My husband held a lot of that stress inside for a long time. I was still in the day-to-day of taking care of like little kids and his mind was more in the money. But seeing the numbers was hard. It was devastating. It was embarrassing. We felt ashamed. I think he especially felt more just because of his background in money and finances. And there is just that stereotype of like, he hasn't been able to provide for us. We had to go into debt. Like we made these decisions, which isn't really the case. The two of us, held hands and walked, slid down the pit of financial ruin together. And this is something that I want to highlight before it slips away, because Carrie Ann is basically laying out this mindset, which she and her husband adopted, which helped them start over financially, something which is so difficult. Because statistically, money is one of the biggest sources of conflict in a marriage, and few things are more toxic to a healthy relationship than shame. And this is something that you shared in your stories with us, that financial hardship is rarely, if ever, isolated from other areas of your life. Happiness in the relationship is usually the first thing at risk. Carrie Ann and her husband decided that being united was how they were going to make it through. It was not one or the other. It was both of us that did it. And so, yes, very tearful, embarrassing moments. And I think we touched on it before how it's a little bit taboo to talk about money and the finances. And even when I told my husband about this, and because I was excited to share the where we've gone and you know what we've done. And he was like, well, this is kind of going to be a little bit embarrassing because we're going to have to like show our goods. We're going to have to like lay it on the table and tell people what we've gone through because a lot of people didn't realize at the time what we were going through and probably people in our day-to-day life probably wouldn't know either because, you know, we were living in this nice house and we, you know, were going about our lives as if it was normal when we were just absolutely crumbling from the inside. As you can hear, there wasn't a perfect solution for the embarrassment, the societal stereotypes, all of this pressure. It's so unfair. But that is the world we live in and why so few people are comfortable sharing about it. 
which is also what makes it so impressive that Carrie Ann and her husband chose to own their situation together, to start over together, and to be full partners in making sure that they were never blind to their finances again. And that started with small steps and big sacrifices. I think the first thing, the catalyst was, we didn't have enough money to pay our mortgage. And it was like, what are we gonna do? Like, where can I get more money? And then when he put it out on paper, it was the realization that we can't get any more money from anywhere. Everything is maxed out. We could have applied for other credit cards. I'm sure we had, we ironically had really great credit because every credit card company wants you to spend more money. I'm sure we could have gotten more credit cards. But there was this moment of like, this is our life. So we put it out on the spreadsheet. We can't make our payment. How can we get more money? Well, the only way to get more money is to get more credit. And where will that lead us? I think there was this moment of like, we are not going to the future that we had envisioned for ourselves. We are not on that path. And we are so far away from that path that I think we avoided it for a long time. But that crisis of not being able to pay for things, not having any more credit to spare. We can't go get groceries. There is no more credit card. This is the limit. And like having to make those choices. It's one thing to look at it all in black and white on paper. And it's another thing to make some hard choices about how to move forward. They were starting over in how they talked about money, how they related to money, and how they allocated their money together. When Carrie Ann says choices, she's talking about sacrifices, which both she and her husband would have to make in order to gain traction in recovering their finances. My brother was getting married, and everybody wanted us to come out. I think also my husband was having a family reunion on his side of the family, like his they were celebrating a big anniversary and everybody was going to be there. And we just were looking at our finances and we just, we had to make this hard decision. Like we can go and do all of these things, but that is just continuing down this path. Is that where we want to go? And we decided that that is not where we wanted to go. We drew this line. We are not going down this path anymore. We told my brother and my family that we weren't coming to their wedding. We told his family that we weren't coming to this reunion. And and everybody understood, but we did get, you know, the calls like, hey, why aren't you coming? You know, and we're just like, you know, we drew this line. Like, we just can't. We have all these things going. I'm pregnant. I'm sick. Like, all these things. We just, we can't make it happen. And really, I think it was just at that moment that I think we saw this vision We remembered where we wanted to go. We decided that we wanted to start going towards this, the original vision that we had for our lives and for our family. Like Carrie Ann says, it's a mindset shift in two parts, reclaiming your vision and then the hard part, choosing to give up the things that you also love so that you can get back on track. And what strikes me as important here is that this is going to look different for each family. So comparing other family priorities doesn't really help. You have to figure it out on your own. As you're about to hear, this wasn't by any means a straightforward process. And ultimately, Carrie Ann's family had to dig deep into what their values were in order to choose what was sacrificed and what wasn't. We had to decide what we valued. 
when you only have this much money, you really need to figure out what it is that you value. We had deep conversations, hard conversations. We itemized every expense that we had. Like how much are we spending a month on food, on diapers, on groceries, on birthday presents for birthday parties that our kids get invited to? How much money are we spending on clothes? All of these things. And once we got the spreadsheet of the absolutes, the things that had to be paid, and we realized that it left so little money, that's like so little money left for just living. I mean, once the credit card bills, the the mortgage, all of that like was said and done, there was like $100 to like live off of. So you do have to make hard choices. Some of those hard choices were easy to identify, not necessarily easy to execute, but there were some areas of their lives where they could make compromises that didn't sting as much, even though they required a lot of extra effort. This resonates with me because I can tell you about times when we had no money, like when my husband was in graduate school and I was at home with little kids, and there were no extra anythings, and I was getting good at hand-me-down clothes or using public transportation or not getting cable, like bare minimum expenses all of the time. But, and maybe I should say, and I loved McDonald's and there was no money for McDonald's. So I took on babysitting gigs for McDonald's money to be able to eat out twice a month. And I know it sounds so dumb, but it was important to me. I knew we couldn't spend it out of our budget And so I put in a bunch of extra effort to make it happen while living within our means. It brought me a lot of joy, and it reminded me of America when I was living abroad, and I have no regrets. And I also understand that there's so much advice out there which says, just don't do this or that. And it's very prescriptive about how to save money. But how that looks on an individual basis is probably going to look so different for everyone. The thing that's so important to you, like McDonald's was for me, that it drives you to spin up a few extra dollars so you don't have to dip into that budget. That becomes more clear when you're committed to this kind of lifestyle, like Carrie Ann and her husband were when they started over. It drew their values into focus. Like we didn't value food. We ate healthy foods, but we weren't going out to eat like ever. I could not like plan what was for dinner. We would just get the things that were on sale. My husband became like an extreme couponer for probably like two and a half years, pretty solidly. And then maybe a couple of years after that, oh, the grocery line ladies knew my husband like by name and would wait for him to come to like do his stuff at the store. So we didn't value that. Like we cut in every way so that we could spend on the things that we valued. And as Carrie Ann and her husband worked at cutting out things that they didn't value to make room for what was most important, it became a little easier to confront bigger, more painful sacrifices that they could tackle together. I think this is such an important point. When things feel overwhelming, you start small and keep going in that direction. It gives you more experience and confidence for those big moments. I haven't had the same starting over period after so much debt that Carrie Ann and her family have had, but I do know what it feels like to not have enough money to pay your bills when already you feel like you're working really hard and not spending much. It's suffocating. It's overwhelming. In those moments, Carrie Ann and her husband kept their hope alive by celebrating the little triumphs. I think what we did that saved us from truly experiencing 
it all was that we believed we could get out. You know, we believed, not always, like I said, sometimes the light was really dim, but we could remind ourselves that we believed that we could get out of this. And I think that was really fundamental in moving forward was that we believed we could. My husband, I just remember that first time he saw the numbers on the spreadsheet tick down. And it was like, we are, our net value is only negative such and such. Like <laughs> it was negative bigger yesterday, but today it's negative less. And we just, we believed that we could get out of it. And then I think we found joy. Finding joy in the middle of this long distance marathon of starting over is something that catches my attention in the story, especially because it was the direct result of these sacrifices that the family made together. In every case, they were making decisions where they had to give up things they wanted in order to hold on to what they valued. One of the things that they valued most was time together and family vacations. Carrie Ann discovered that even if it wasn't exactly the same as it looked in her own childhood, it was possible to make those memories as a family, even without the money. We would pack up our car in the summers, and we've just taken epic family vacations that we've camped. So a lot of times it was camping, so we'd pay like $15 a night, but we'd go, we just would camp everywhere. And it is, for me, it's a treasure. We just took another one this past summer, and I'm not sure if my teenagers quite yet feel the joy in their hearts of the vacations, but it's something that I decided that I valued. And so we've set a time, we've made that a priority. So we, we decided what it was that we that we valued and we've had to act on it. And I think you think in that moment that it's like a one-time decision, like, oh, we're going to get out of debt or we're just going to cut back in our budget. But what you don't realize is that finances, money is every day, all the time, all the things that make your whole life go around. So it's not like you had to make one decision and it's like you just pressed forward with that. You have to make daily decisions, hourly decisions as you're moving forward. It's not a one and done. And as Carrie Ann and her husband got good at this, making sacrifices in thousands of small decisions along with the big ones, they found more and more of this spontaneous, unexpected joy. The journey wasn't over. It was still hard and still painful, but the joy was happening now anyway. While it was really hard during those times, I think the saving part was that we believed we could get out and that we found little specks of joy, like in the things that we were doing. Just little things like learning how to make cupcakes or teaching my kids how to do things at home instead of going out to eat. Oh, we discovered like thrift stores and things like that. So we found these little bits of joy that, that I think saved us. When we slipped back into looking where we were at, and being so far away from our vision that it, the weight just felt heavy again, really, really heavy. And there were a lot of those moments, but I think there was increasingly more joy as we took steps in a positive direction. And today, after all of these years of hard work, Carrie Ann and her husband have something even more valuable than the financial situation they've worked so hard to restore. And that's the resilience and skill set which they built from the ground up side by side. 
this isn't a story that ends with them winning the lottery or making a ton of money. Like most families, they still have financial ups and downs. But they're not the same people they were the first time a setback rocked the boat. The first six months of this year was some of the best times. The last six months of 2023 were the worst times. So it just happened that the year prior was a very hard year for his business. So here was a test. It actually was a really good opportunity for us because we had had all these experiences over the last 15 years that had gotten us away from that financial debt. So we had done things like we had a very, very small savings, but we had actual savings and we had a year supply of food and we had some things that we had stored up for a time like this to happen and going in my my husband and I were both so nervous especially my husband because he was worried that we would fail again and so we got tried again and we ended up doing okay like just this last week my husband was like I can't believe we did that and made it through like we learned something we had to make some of the same hard choices again, and it was very worrisome, and it caused some of the same kind of stress again, but going into it this time was a little bit different because we felt like we had learned a little. We could have done some different things, but overall, I think we came out without having to really dip into our life. Carrie Ann had such a clear vision of what she wants her resources to provide in her family's life, whether they're plentiful or scarce. The family values are still the driving force in their financial decisions. We came through the last six months by the skin of our teeth. And um, yeah, so we're not other than we have a mortgage on our home. Like we just, we don't have any credit card debt. We don't have any consumer debt, I think is the proper terminology for it. So we've stayed out of that kind of debt. And the things in the last six months that I spent money on that were, um, you know, a lot of money was education. I'm homeschooling my boys. And so we spent money on classes for them and curriculum and things like that. That was a priority for us during that time. So everything else was, everything else was a sacrifice. I want to take a moment to stop and highlight something that Carrie Ann shared with me, which personally I found so enlightening, a little bit of wisdom on one of the hazards when you're trying to get out of debt. I think just touching for a moment on the social media part, just really quickly, I think that does play a huge role in it. I think at the times when I am involved in my home life, in my family, in all the things that I value and bring me joy, I feel grateful for the things that I have. I love my house even. I'm like, there are times when I'm like, I love my house. It's so great. It's so cozy. We have this and that. And then it's when I start comparing myself to other people like, oh, they have this really great such and such, or look how cute their girls' clothes are and how great that is. And there is that choice there. There's always that voice, you know, of the things that are pretty and shiny and glittery. You just have to ask yourself, do I really value that? I can think that other people's homes are beautiful and pretty and their cars and their clothes and all the things I can think are really great. But when I have to make those hard choices, 
I don't ultimately value those things because I've already decided, I've already made the decision that those things were there. Now, as far as social media goes, should I keep on putting those things in my face? Should I go to the stores that I love and walk around and drool like the whole time and remind myself of all the things that I don't have? So one of those things is, I actually very rarely go inside grocery stores or stores at all anymore. So I just order things online. Like I will meal plan ahead of time, write down all the things I need. And then I just put in like, I need spinach. And the same thing with shopping, like, oh, my daughter needs black pants for whatever it is. Well, I will go and look just for those specific things instead of walking into a world where everything glitters. Same thing with social media. I've really had to curb that a lot as well. Like, do I want to constantly be seeing people that have all the things that I would spend my extra money on if I could? No, I don't want to always be seeing those things because then it just makes me want them more and I lose that gratitude for the things that I have. It's like, if I know I love cookies, which I absolutely do, I have zero control when it comes to warm chocolate chip cookies. I am not going to fill my house with warm chocolate chip cookies every day, all the time, hoping that I have enough, you know, courage or strength or determination or grit or whatever the word is to overcome that. You have to, when you're building yourself back up, you've got to get yourself away from the chocolate chip cookies, away from the beautiful things that glitter so you can feel in your heart the things that you do value. I think this is so wise, and it's so true. Comparison is the thief of joy. But you can know that and still compare automatically. That's just kind of how our brains work. And to fight that comparison, you have to be pretty proactive. For Carrie Ann, reducing social media and even avoiding situations like shopping all the aisles at the store made a big difference. I think what I especially appreciate about these solutions are how Carrie Ann identified them for herself. She overcame the first obstacle of comparison, which makes it hard to change because it's easy to think, well, other people don't have to control their social media intake. That's extreme. I shouldn't have to do that. Instead, she used this incredible self-awareness to hone right in on what would really make her happy and support the decisions that she knows are going to pay off in real life. Carrie Ann has really done the work. And I love this advice that she gave when I asked her what she wished she would have known from the beginning of her starting over journey. I always put it in perspective, like with my daughter. That's what I tell myself. If this were my daughter, I would tell her that it's never too late. Like, I think there was a time when we were falling into the pit of financial ruin that we felt like it was just too late. We had already gone so far past that we couldn't get out. It's not, it's never too late. And I think we felt so far down that we are stronger now because of it. So falling a little bit, you get a little bit strong, but look at us, we fell a lot. (laughs) We made a lot of mistakes, but now we're that much stronger for it. So that's probably the first thing is that it's never too late. Don't think you're too far gone that you can't come back from this because you can. And then I think it's important to just get that vision of what you want your future to look like. Hold fast to the things that you value, the vision that you've created, and find joy in sacrificing to get there. I never thought I would be one of those people to say that I found joy in the hardships because those hardships are so hard. Like, they just rock you to your core. 
that you don't think that joy or happiness can even find its way inside your heart. But you can. You just actively have to find it. it. Joy just doesn't come to you. So I would say when you have that dream, when you have that big goal, to look for where you are, find joy as you're walking toward that. And, and you won't feel unhappy. You won't be grumpy every day like, I'm in financial debt. I'm, I'm a horrible person. Instead, you'll look around with grateful eyes and see all of the things that you do have instead of all of the things that you don't have. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things to come out of this for us is that you become grateful for the things where you are and the circumstances that you're in. You compare yourself less. So if you just stick with it, it's not too late for you. Just hang in there, my, my girl. That's what I would say. Hang in there, my girl. You can do it. It's not too late. You have a vision. Find that joy every day and you can do it. Find that joy every day and you can do it. There is so much I admire in this story. First of all, the courage to share it. So many people have gone through financial hardship and loss and interruptions, and it's about time we normalize the conversation so we don't have to suffer in silence. Carrie Ann shared a lot of details about work for them and their family. And while these details might not apply to all of us, the principles certainly do. Being able to tackle something like this together instead of apart, learning to put your values first, and making the extraordinary sacrifices that you have to make, although not easy, is something that we can all start with. I'm so grateful to Carrie Ann's family and to all of you who helped us understand this better by sharing with us. I hope this has brought you as much hope as it brought me. And if you're somebody at the beginning of this kind of starting over, I hope you know that it's never too late. You can do it. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio, hosted by Lisa Valentine Clark and produced by Becca Hurley and McKay Menden with help from Avery Stoneley, Blake Morse, Kenny Mears, and Michael Combs with music and post-production by Kiplin Merrill. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend or leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join our listener community on Facebook and follow us on Instagram for more content and behind the scenes with Lisa. I want to tell you about another incredible show from the BYU Radio family of podcasts, Top of Mind. Top of Mind is perfect for people who want to engage with tough issues that really matter in our communities, but are turned off by how polarizing and divisive these conversations can be. Each week, Top of Mind tackles one tough topic. Award-winning host Julie Rose talks with guests who have complicated perspectives that will challenge you. They're not trying to change your mind, just give you the chance to find more empathy and clarity so you can become a better citizen and a kinder neighbor. Listen to Top of Mind wherever you get your podcasts.